The Babylon Project was our last best hope for peace. It failed. But in the year of the Shadow War, it became something greater. Our last best hope for victory. The year is 2260. The show, the name of the pod. Episode 67, Zahadum, in which Captain Sheridan goes to Zahadum. From the barren but philosophically rich surface and underground of the shadow capital Zahadum, this is the name of the pod, the name of the Babylon 5 podcast, in which we discuss the ongoing cultural legacy of the 1990 science fiction television program Babylon 5. I am John Cassie, representing the shadows, and joined... As always, by my dear friend and co-host, Chris Tatro, who I'm hoping is not supposed to be representing light. <laughs> I set you up, Chris. Because <laughs> barking up the wrong tree over right, here, son. Right. Yeah. 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 S- sadly, in some respects, we both are uh, representing the sh- <laughs> you yeah. know, fighting the shadows corner of this philosophical battle. Yeah. You're two co-hosts, and this is where we needed a third. We did. We needed somebody, somebody who's, who's got that sort of, you know, happiness, lightness kind of thing to, to balance us out. But yeah, sadly, we know no, we know no such person. They, they can't come near us. They, they evaporate. Right. I am regularly accused by, by friends uh, here in Los Angeles uh, of being um, relentlessly, almost sickeningly optimistic and that I see the good in everyone. I don't know who these people are, uh, uh, but yeah, right. <laughs> who, what? <laughs> You've been out there too long. I need yeah, to stage I'm, an intervention and drag you back east. That's right. That's right. Um, so, folks, uh, you know, uh, flippancy aside, uh, what an astounding episode! Yeah, this is. I mean, this is yeah. This, this is, is this, this is, is your money maker, right? This is what. This is what we come for, and this is why we come back 25 years later. Right, right. To this show. Right. Uh, an extraordinary piece of writing, very skillfully directed by Adam Nimoy. Yes. Very well, uh, very well acted. Not a thing that I would, that I would say is put out of place. Uh, you know, the, the, we've seen a lot of uh, uh, exemplar episodes this season where, you know, it's kind of a reminder of what this show is when it's great. Right. Um, and this is surely one of the definitive examples of that. Yeah, it, it lives up to the full potential of, you know, this is this is the this is the capstone having built on three years worth of television. Right. And you don't have, you don't have any other shows at this time that are capable of that kind of thing. Right. Because they haven't spent the time building up to it. Right. Right. In, in the full serialization and, and interconnectedness. uh, And, and that's why this was so, so breathtaking at the time, you know, they're, they're the, the one-off episodes are, are so few and far between. Right, right. So the fact uh, that, that, you know, there, there may be rather less even in quality ultimately doesn't matter mm-hmm. because we don't have so many of them in a row that we're not back up in this master mm-hmm. narrative right? where it's just home run after home run after home run. Yeah, and, and this is... You, 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 you get more emotional impact out of a show that's been building, you know, continuously building mm-hmm. a story rather than being more episodic. I think, you know, I think this has more impact than, you know, Best of Both Worlds Part One. Yes, I agree. Mainly because Star Trek is so, so episodic for those first couple of seasons. And, and okay, yes, we're invested in the characters, but the narrative itself hasn't built to this point. Right. We haven't been, there hasn't been this sort of overarching sort of Borg presence, mm-hmm. more or less from the first, the first days of the show 
that right. we sort of get a little bit of and then pulled back and a little bit and not so much in the first season, then rather more then mm-hmm. significantly more. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, that those uh, those pre Babylon five sci fi programs, uh, they're not they're not a novel. No, you know, they're not a, they're not a novel on television. Yeah. You know, you, they're you, they're you doing very different work. Is? This episode is this episode is Frodo was alive and taken by the enemy. Correct. You know, the last words of the two towers. Correct. And, you know, such a such an incredible cliffhanger. And those words only have that kind of impact because of the, you know, 800 pages that have come before it. That's right. That's right. Um, I mean, Tom Bombadil. Okay, that's your one off episode. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, isn't this ultimately why the Hobbit movies don't work? Because it's just, you know, it's basically like a sort of a short one-off, a, a kind of fun right. little, a fun little larky thing, you know, mm-hmm. that doesn't require the epic twelve-hour <laughs> presence of, you know, the, of LOTR, you know. I I think if we were to start talking about reasons why the Hobbit films don't work, that we would have an entirely different podcast, you know, for several seasons. Right, we'd be here until the. Uh, year thirty one nineteen of the fourth age, yes, yeah, <laughs> quite a long time from now. Um, yes. Okay, so we, you know, we're in agreement that this is just a stem winder. It totally yep. works. Okay, yes, we're in um, agreement. Thanks yeah. everybody. Thanks for yeah. listening. Thank you so <laughs> much. Uh, it it works because you've got sort of three or four things going on. I think that that we see in other parts of this program, but which are sort of uniquely and richly expressed here. Okay. So let me, let me give you one that sort of in my, in my sure. mind, you've got the Vorlons and you've got the shadows. Okay. We're going to come back to the philosophical. I'm not going there yet. Okay. Okay. In between them, at the dawn of the Third Age of Mankind, stands John Sheridan, mm-hmm. who Justin describes as a nexus. Okay. Yes. Okay? What is that about? What, hmm. what does that mean? How have we seen evidence of that? Where does that lead us? That, so that, that's kind of my, my, my first point, right? Okay. Sure. We've got this character who was only conceived of by JMS after it became clear that Michael O'Hare could not continue, mm-hmm. right? So we, we talk about imp- improvising. Wow. Yeah. This is a hell of an improvise, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So he's an excess. He gathers an army of light to him. If he continues, mm. that army of light becomes ever more powerful. He becomes increasingly difficult to dislodge. Mm-hmm. If they can dislodge him, the needle moves in the other direction. It's like right. it, it's like it's like he's a, uh, you know, that sort of old kind of eighteenth century deist imagination of the you know, kind of God as clockmaker. Right. Mm-hmm. He stands sure. within the gears. Right. If he turns a gear in one direction, all the other gears turn in that direction. OK. Yeah. But if he but if he stops, turns the other way, he could have the exact same effect going in the other direction. Right. 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 And and presumably the shadows and the Vorlons have been through this cycle enough times that they can recognize they can they can spot a nexus right you know, a mile away and they know okay that's we know this is it this is sheridan done right spotted figured out we've seen how this plays out before we can't right. kill him we can't martyr him right because then somebody else is going to hop up and and you know take his place right he's done too much work mm-hmm. the gears are already spinning sure shadow perspective Right. The gears are already in motion in the wrong direction. 
Mm-hmm. It's too late to kill him. If we killed him yeah. back in the Mimbari War, then he would never have started. And so we could maybe push forward, right? But he's already started. And once he started, right. it's too late. You have to get right. him to turn mm-hmm. it around. Mm-hmm. Totally mm-hmm. interesting. Very. And and it, it makes me wonder if it's just that they they see that there is a person who has this sort of forcefulness and is in this position in each time. Yeah. And that it's a, a nexus is more a sort of social construct around the person. Or is this some kind of, you know, mystical sci-fi chosen one Kwisatz Haderach yeah. kind of, you know, mumbo jumbo thing. I, I, I hope that it's the former personally. It's, it feels stronger to me. There in in yeah. this story, yeah, you know, the, your 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 Anakin Skywalkers, your uh, your Quizzets Hatteracks, your you know all that stuff. They they work well in their story, in their framework, right? But here, kind of. Well, okay, Anakin doesn't work, right? Uh, right, stipulated. Yeah, uh, but the Quizzets Hatterack is is the is the definitive example of this, isn't it? Yeah. Right, and the Quizos Hadarak listeners, presumably you know this, but in the event that you don't, we're talking about the uh, the galactic Lord Messiah uh, being uh, genetically created by the 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 Bene Gesserit, who are uh, manipulating bloodlines uh, mm-hmm. in the noble houses to cause the universal super being to be born. Right, right, from Dune. From Dune, yeah. I mean, throw that in, yeah. Yeah, so, which is what uh, I was supposed to say all along. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. And, and those, are, those are, are powerful and interesting stories, you know, but I like to think of, of the rise of humanity in Babylon 5 as a, as sort of a, a rise of humanity. Yes. And not needing any kind of, you know, mystical crutches to... To prop them up, yeah. Th- there, there is no evidence that it is Quizat's Hadarak ish, is there? No, I don't think. We, I, you know, and and Justin's talking about this nexus com- concept. Okay, they're not exactly telling the truth, you know, on all cylinders in that conversation. So maybe it's all, but but clearly, I mean, uh, yeah, they could just kill him. Sure. So they have to. There has to be an explanation for why they don't. Um, and that's persuasive. And, yeah. Maybe that's the only truthful thing they said. Right? Right. And they can't. But who would rise up? Who would who would step into that gap if they killed him? Would Ivanova? Yeah, it's not clear, is it? No, yeah. it's surely not Ivanova. Yeah, what are we looking Delenn? at? Are we looking at uh, Delenn? Are we looking at Marcus? Yeah. You know, I don't know. Vircoto? Well, sure. Yeah, there, there, there. It, it's not, it's not clear who that person would be. Mm-hmm. What is clear to the shadows is that even if that person isn't presently known, once you've moved to this point, it cannot be prevented. Right. And so we've got to, we've got to sway you mm-hmm. by, we've got to persuade you. Right, because yeah. killing you wouldn't going to do the job, right? Much, much more powerful to, to bring that person over to the dark side. To, to bring that nexus out of alignment with the light. Right, right, you know, exactly. I, and I have to imagine that over the many thousands of year cycles, that there's some, there have been some where, where it's been either way, where the. You know the the nexus has has you know chosen the dark, chosen the shadows over the light. Yeah, right. Uh, one would think. Yeah. Right. The light um, can't always win. And they and they yeah, and the shadows don't always lose. Right. Right. Particularly if you consider their core philosophy, which we'll come back to. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the idea of uh, a kind of nexus point. If it isn't a Kwisatz Haderach, Anakin Skywalker, uh, Starbuck, uh, mm-hmm. y- you know, maybe the proto-molecule. I mean, who knows, right? Mm-hmm. 
James Holden, uh, James Holden yeah. right? Um, then, then the Nexus essentially is the, a, a name simply given to the person who brings into being the mm-hmm. social construct that prevents the shadows from fully accomplishing their goal. Mm-hmm. Which would seem to suggest that Valen is, in some respects, your your first, you know, the uh, you know the one the, from the, the prior the, cycle, the, the the Nexus who was, the Nexus who is, <laughs> yes. you know, that kind of thing, right? Right, um, right. So I think it's definitely hmm. perceived by the shadows to be a, this kind of social construct. You're yeah. you're building a you're building an elaborate system of support, defense, cooperation, uh, alliance, in the service of a perspective. Mm -hmm. We do not share that perspective. If you brought your energies over to us, the degree of, of movement we could get Towards our values, unprecedented, right? Right, right. They they really boil a lot down. It's sort of like the great man theory of history. Totally, yeah. I mean, that's that, what it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That that. Well, why did why did Rome rise and take over? You know, the entire known Western world. Well, because of you know Augustus, because of Julius Caesar, because of right. these men. Not be, but when really that it's shorthand for the stuff that's going on all around them. Right. Right. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's a uh, Genghis Khan, it's Chandragupta right. Maurya. It's all these, it's all these guys who, yeah, it's a very 19th century kind of approach. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe getting ahead of us, we, we've sort of teased at talking about the, the shadow philosophy, but I think their philosophy is a very 19th century kind of approach as well. Yeah. So it kind of, it kind of fits that that's, that's the the view of history or the view of how how social movements work that it really boils down to the individuals rather than the than the collective than, right. than the social you know forces right and you know b- building on this kind of nexus idea the fact that sheridan stands personally in between a relationship with his human wife and his put an Membari, asterisk on that human I'm sorry put an asterisk on that human uh, right yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah well at least he was in a relationship with a human yes. woman okay. right okay. yes and now yeah. with a Membari woman right mm-hmm. um also an asterisk on Membari yeah <laughs> she's not exactly you know yeah. and an emerging theory of of yeah. of, uh, of 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 this is uh, is is coming Sheridan's uh, got a kink. Just as you say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if he ever puts a furry costume on, then we'll know that we've we've reached peak Babylon 5, right? <laughs> Absolutely, sure. The only furry on that show is Michael Garibaldi. And Jakar. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and the Bab Barrelon stuffy. Uh, yeah, the, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. You know, he, he, his own personal life is at this kind of crossroads between, uh, you know, between a, a, a fully human, insular, earthbound, mm-hmm. narrow perspective and one that is more pangalactic mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and more universal, you know, just in his own yeah. life. Um, yeah. Which I found intriguing, you know. Yeah, and the conflict that comes up in this episode, where you know, there's the the question raised of how much did Delenn know right. about uh, about whether Anna was alive, right. and and that, and and Sheridan's reactions, and you know, not sure that he can trust her. Uh, you know, it's a it's it's earned totally from from the history of the Mimbari and the right. history of what information Delenn has chosen to give out and to whom and when. Right, right. 
you know, telling Jakar, you know, we, we could have helped you, but we decided not to. Right. Uh, right. Uh, right. But and and B, it's it really makes the episode work because you don't know Sheridan's mindset when he leaves the station to go to Zahadum. Right. You don't know, you know, he he's he's felt betrayed. He's has this chance of getting Anna back. You know, he's he's sort of on this fence. He's already made his decision. Yes. Yeah, yes. But but we as the viewers don't know that until until much later on down the line. Right. We know that he's recorded this message. Mhm. He's he's given Garibaldi uh, you know these instructions. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, he's. We have the Chekhov's he, nukes from the first act. You uh, know. That, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. You know that have yeah. to shoot. You know they have to. Right. Uh, yeah. He's he's got the White Star emptied out. Mm-hmm. Okay. None of these look good. Right. In the moment. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're left with that lovely um, tension, like, is he going off the res? What is going on here? Right. Right? You know, I mean, Is he buying into this? Right. How deep in is he? Right. Mm-hmm. Melissa Gilbert, very persuasive. Yeah. You know, I, I thought she was great. Right. You know, I agree. I, I, I'm, to- I'm, I'm like, I am with you, Anna Sheridan. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, yeah. You know, just... Just hear him out. Mm-hmm. What's the harm, right? As right. though, as though the Vorlons and Delenn, that that Harridan, have yes. all the have all the wisdom in the world. You're better than that, John. Right? That kind of. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. totally believable. Right. right. As I said last episode, you know, they've weaponized her <laughs> exactly. and, and sent her as a, as an arrow pointed directly at his heart. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And his mind. Right. 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 And his mind. Because, because he, he is... wants to know. Right. He wants to know the answers. Right. And she's offering answers. Right. right. That's what he's wanted from Kosh all along. Yeah. Stop treating me like a child. That supports right. the shadow perspective. Right. Yes. Stop yes. treating me like a child. Let me be a full participant in this, mm-hmm. and I bet I can be even more useful. Right. But instead, it's all this infantilizing nonsense. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Give me more than a sentence at a time, maybe one occasionally that makes some sense. Yeah. On the other hand, the shadows, you can't shut them up. You know, they're just, you know, they're going to go on and on about their plans and their philosophy and, and lay everything out for you. Right, right. They're like every Bond villain, all strung yes. together one after another, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so we've got this Nexus concept. We've got Anna Sheridan. We've got the relationship. Yeah. We've got him finagling his way to Zaha Doom, mm-hmm. leaving, you know, leaving everyone behind, right? Yeah. Um, and I was thinking, oh, my word. You know, now Susan Ivanova's in command. And Babylon right. 5 is independent. So she's like, what, is she the president of of the Babylon Fed? I mean, what is going on I mean, with we, that? We, we've never really identified what exactly the governmental structure, aside from being a, a, a military, uh, uh, I don't know, military city-state? Yeah, right. It's like, uh, it's like Sparta. Yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, so that those, of course, you know me. That's all that kind of mm. stuff in my mind, right? right? Um, yeah. And and you know, half the shadows in the universe, you're showing up and just kind of hanging out just off the port bow. Yeah, that'd make you, that'd make you need to change your trousers. That's that's not what you want to see your first day in the, uh, in the <laughs> big chair. Yeah, welcome yeah. to uh, welcome to being in charge. Yeah, you know. Um, so. You, you've got all of this kind of stuff. And then he gets to Zahadum. We see, by and large, the, 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 the truth that Diana was saying, mm-hmm. right? You know, here's kind of what this looks like. And, you know, they put their cities underground because they don't want to be 
You don't want people spying on them and stuff, right? Right, right. You know, we walk into a chamber that looks more or less like it's on Narn, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> yeah. You know, perfectly normal for stone. humans, you know. Yeah. You got the yeah. mask, psh, off it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's have some tea, mm-hmm. says, uh, you know, a kindly, seemingly sane man. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, it's chamomile. I mean, of course, you know, the weakest of all teas. You right. know, your weak weak sauce herbal tea, right? It'll look not, how 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 threatening can I be? I'm drinking chamomile. It's not a proper manly tea like Earl Grey hot. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or really almost anything. Right. You know, I mean he, yeah. what what is uh it's go. No, I was just gonna say it's it's very you know, it's he's setting the you know they could have made the room look a little homier. Right. And not not so much like it's just carved out of stone. You know, make it look like this is a place that humans can and do live in cooperation with the shadows and kind of hang out and everything's you know, right. Everything's awesome. Right. Yeah. Um Yeah. They made a couple missteps in there in in how they played this in in my eye. Okay. What I don't think this is writing mistakes. I don't think this is a mistake that JMS made. I think that I just think maybe it was intentional, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have put Morden in that room. Hell no. Knowing, you know, knowing the relationship between them. No, no, they've, they've, they've had, you know, that's just gonna, that's gonna raise his, his suspicion. That's gonna raise his antagonism. Right. It, it, it inappropriately raises the audience's suspicion. Right. Right. We want, at least I think if, if I'm writing this, if I'm direct, I want I want the shadow's perspective to be given such a full consideration mm-hmm. that at the end of the episode, I'm left thinking, oh, my God, have I been on the wrong side of this all along? Yeah, I love those kinds of uh, that kind of, of gray moral questioning. And and I can tell that that that's what JMS was going for here. Right. But but I think having Morden in the room was just too strong. Yeah, well, no, it, it it yeah it, it tips it tips the scale, doesn't it? Yeah, have him come in later with the, you know the the, the shadow. Once everything starts to go south, that's right. You know, so you you see that he's there because the fans want to see him there, of course, um, because yeah. he's the best. Yep. Uh, but but yeah, just you know, have it be just Anna and Justin, or bring in, you know, some other. I guess you only really need the two of them to deliver. I think so. Yeah. To deliver all of the speechifying. Justin makes the rational point. Mm -hmm. Anna makes the emotional point. Right. Right. And you get, you know, you get your two for one. Right. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, is sort of your, uh, you know, Delenn delivers the uh, uh, rational's not really the, you know, Mm -hmm. Delenn delivers the kind of context and cautious there to make it inscrutable mm-hmm. uh to make you have to think on your own you know come up right. with you know you have to do your work you know mm-hmm. i mean he's you know i mean i'm an educator and he's sort of like you know the teacher who drives you crazy like mm. i know you think there's an answer just tell me what it is <laughs> Even if I don't like it, I'd like to know what you think the answer is. Uh-huh. Right? Right. I, I get this all the time from students. And I will often say, I'll tell you at the end of the experience. Uh-huh. So I want you to have the, to really confront this difficult, unpleasant thought experiment. Uh-huh. I have some perspectives, but my job here is not to give you mine. Uh-huh. My job here is to, is to make you struggle. And that's kind of what Kosh seems to do. Yeah, I was going to say that's that's a much well. Is it a is it a more Vorlon strategy or is it is it a more shadow strategy? Well, I think a shadow strategy is to do exactly what I just said about mm-hmm. what I do. Mm-hmm. Right, a Vorlon strategy. You don't even really know what arena you're playing in. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's you're, not productive for right, most for people. The shadow, the, the shadow strategy you're you're forcing them to 
to you're forcing them to put in the hard work and to you know to to to, to grow in that sense rather than kind of dribbing and drabbing out the the clues right quote the wisdom pieces, the wisdom here and there right right yeah, uh, that will that that inevitably leads to the conclusion they want you to get to right right so the shadow argument as i understand it mm-hmm. okay and you'll disabuse me of of areas where i'm wrong or what have you right i always okay. do right all right civilization is going to progress there will be movement change mm-hmm. and and a process okay this process has been ongoing for millions of years before us there were the first ones mm-hmm. with us there were a bunch of other a bunch of other folks they have all sublimed and become creatures of energy they've mm-hmm. bugged off to the andromeda galaxy whatever okay yep. we've li- we've we've let we've stayed behind us with the 10,000 word letter mm-hmm. you know name i hate yep. that stuff in sci-fi yeah. 30 yeah. you know a, a 2 seconds hate i hate mm-hmm. that stuff mm-hmm. give them a name it's like yeah. it's like how infuriated i am when uh uh when races describe their planet, rather not giving it a name, they just call it homeworld. Ugh. Yeah. Makes me crazy. All right, mm. I'm done. Okay. It's like calling your calling the planet you're from dirt. Yeah. I am so done with you right now. <laughs> <laughs> please, please continue. Please continue. Uh, after the uh, the bugging out of the first mm-hmm. ones and, and all of our right. fellow second ones. Mm-hmm. We got these two left. And and as it turns out, these two have a rather uh, kind of polarized view of the best way to proceed. Mm-hmm. Okay? The shadow argument is the Vorlons take a rather parental uh, uh, overbearing Mm -hmm. controlling uh, approach to to what growth and development looks like. Mm -hmm. Why don't we all play nice? And in playing nice Things will be nice for everyone. Mm-hmm. The shadow perspective on that, of course, is, well, yeah, except when you do that, the parent always stays in first place because children right. never grow up. Right. And right. and and there's enormous benefit to the Vorlons if everyone is sort of kowtowing to them, is afraid mm-hmm. of them like you're afraid of a sort of Puritan parent or a domineering right. parent. They get yeah. enormous advantage from that. Right. It's a very imperialistic. Right. Right. It's kind a of colonialist. Approach. Yep. Right? You know, it's your sort of well slavery was a positive good. Right? Kind of ridiculous yeah. argument, right? Yeah. Um I just listened to I'm going to quickly drop into podcast corner and then we're going to come back. Um, sure. just listened to uh, yesterday to a podcast I had not uh, listened, I'd never heard of until a few days ago, called "The Ministry of Ideas." Hmm. Okay, it's quite interesting. Uh, I just listened to a, a, an episode of it called "The Myth of Modernity," uh-huh. which takes the notion that the modern world emerges out of the European Enlightenment and says, eh, actually, it emerges out of the uh, racist interaction of Spain mm-hmm. and Columbus with the New World and creates a kind of context of racialized, rational and irrational perspectives mm-hmm. that leave us in the West fetishizing our rationalism as though it were mm. some 
pure expression of reason when mm-hmm. in fact it has both a kind of racist and uh, uh, and um, uh, you know kind of anti anti uh, non-christian mm-hmm. kind of perspective mm-hmm. and he did all this work in this podcast episode in about 30 minutes wow which is dynamite because you know like you know our own shows you know when they when they go 50 minutes or more i'm like i think we we probably need to stay in the 40 minute range you know sure um so listeners go listen to uh, ministry of ideas it's dynamite so in the show notes right so that's the vorlon Mm -hmm. perspective from the shadows perspective Mm -hmm. the shadows by contrast say that isn't gonna work not gonna work the mm-hmm. only way to get the kind of big leaps of, of transformative change is conflict, conflict, conflict. The more conflict, the better. Mm-hmm. Conflict and death, conflict and death, right? Let's, let's move these gene pools along by weeding out the undesirables, yep. right? Let's move these cultures along by having them in strife with each other. Then only mm-hmm. the parts that are able to survive the the white hot fire of challenge and contest will endure the parts that deserve to survive right the parts that deserve to survive mm-hmm. will and yeah, they will pass on the their right they'll mm-hmm. pass on their genes they'll pass on their cultural and social genetic programming right mm-hmm. to become the best possible expression of themselves mm-hmm. and everyone who died well screw those guys you got to break a lot of eggs before you make a perfect omelet. Right. Something like that. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, now, there's ample reason to believe that the shadows are misrepresenting, mm-hmm. uh, give, giving giving a narration a perspective that they firmly believe, but which has mm-hmm. no basis in reality. Given their track record, and in, including a lot of stuff that goes on in the conversation in that room, yes. Right. Uh, but but everything they lay out about the Vorlons. Completely true. Com- yeah, it, it's it's what we've been seeing for the last three years. I mean, look at look at how they took care of Deathwalker. Right. You know, that's that's the example that just leaps immediately to my mind. Oh, you, you can't handle this, so we're just taking her off the board. Right. Couldn't be a better example. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And and they're going they are the gatekeepers of knowledge of progress. They're right. only going to dribble out what they think you're ready for. And as you said, never going to give out enough that might uplift other races to challenge them. Right. Right. Never. Right. Right. And so now, shadows, uh, you know, of, of course. Hubbana, hubbana, hubbana. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't necessarily say, you know, I, I can't imagine they would put themselves in a position where, where even through all of this conflict that, that a, a, some sort of, you know, Uber race would, uh, would rise up and, and be able to challenge the shadows. Right. I mean, yeah, to, 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 to talk about a total inability to, 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 to be self-reflective, right? Right. Well, if, if a race of people gathered together can defeat you well then you are not fit by your own standard to continue right right i mean yeah if you're all about being the apex predator you need to be the apex predator right and you don't you don't train up somebody else to be able to take you down right um so so look shadows super manipulative Yep. Uh, not, not trustworthy to the tiniest degree. That's the Morden problem, right? If he's not right. in the room, the list, the viewer is like, oh, I don't think I want to trust this, but I don't know how not to. Right. right. With Morden there, it's like, oh, Morden is clearly the devil, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. screw those guys, right? 
Except here's the problem. The shadows may not be telling the truth about themselves, but they have, boom, nailed the Vorlons dead, dead, dead. Absolutely. I completely agree. Everything they say about the Vorlons, Mm -hmm. there is all the evidence in the world from the previous three seasons that they're dead right. Right. Right? They're paternalistic, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, unhelpful. Yeah, that's I mean, that's not even fair. They're, they yeah, they actually that's, that's are sort of, very generous, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. So so we're left as a viewer, as as Sheridan you know jumps off the precipice, mm-hmm. with having a really hard time believing that the shadows are telling us the real skinny. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I don't know that they are not telling us what they're really all about. Uh, do they really have, uh, do they have any reason not to? That's a good point. I mean, yes, they, they might, you know, let, let's assume that they, this is nothing. What they say is what they believe. Did they craft that message because they know that Sheridan is a military man and that they think he might respect the whole might makes right. Kind yeah. Of argument. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't think so. I think they—they're they, they're probably leaving out. I mean, okay. So they said, well, and if a few billion die along the way, you know, it just makes the the sword sharper. Uh, so so, what could they be leaving out? You know, what what bad parts could they be eliding? If they're already saying that, well, we're just gonna, you know, there are gonna be billions of dead along the way, and it's all in the service of of civilization. Yeah. I mean, of course, the, the, the problem, I mean, to your point, is that while watching this, if you're thinking about any uh, sort of human, not, not fictional, but actual societies, mm-hmm. well, the ones that sort of profess this kind of thing are totalizing, fascist, Nazi, mm-hmm. uh, totalitarian socialist, they're all gravely problematic, any human society that puts this into practice, mm-hmm. right? Gravely problematic. Like, no one, no one would choose to live under this kind of a regime. We talked about this a million yeah. episodes ago. Uh, right? un- unless you're at the top of the Unless regime. you're the apex predator. Right. Right? Or at least yeah. you think you are. Or you're part of it, right. Yeah, yeah, you're part of, you're, you're, you, are, you are part of apex predation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And, and, you know, they're offering him a position at the top of that food chain. That's right. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if you, if you, if you think that you have, if you think that you have the DAP to compete, then, you know, then this seems like a pretty good game. Right. To be in. Right. Right. Um, which. Which sort of brings 10 seconds to the point about the whining about the rules mm. as a little weird. Like, if it's four large, you're not playing by the rules. Who give me a rules up. Give like, me a know. break. Yeah. Right? Mm. The Vorlons are parents. Parents play by their own rules. Right. What did you think they were going to do? Are you that yeah. dumb? Are you mm-hmm. that naive? Are the shadows playing by the rules? Right. You know, right. clearly, you know. Yeah. Well, but, you know, my associates are always very much, uh, you know, ugh. Yeah. Morton's hair has gotten even more annoying as we It really gone. has. Right. You know, it, it's, it, he's, he himself is, is, you know, about 85% product at this point. That's right. And there's, 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 he, he's more product than man now. That's right. Um, but. Uh, well, I mean, look, this I, is where I, we're left, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is this is all to the good that you and I are like, okay, well, we've talked about this philosophical part for fifteen minutes, and we're mm-hmm. sort of left. Well, what now? Well, we'll see. Right, right. Um, you know, we're 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 left with hearing the shadows' perspective, mm-hmm. and it's not all. Uh, you know, they're called the shadows. I mean, come on, right? Mm-hmm. Right. 
They're all, they're super evil. Hmm. Not super evil. Maybe they're professing a, uh, an idea that we don't fully buy, mm-hmm. but we don't fully reject it. Yeah. And, yeah, go. Yeah. I would have liked it to be a little more nuanced. Quite. You know, to be a little more on the fence. Um, I'm trying to think of, of, of good examples where we saw opposing ideologies that, that where you're like, oh, well, I guess I could, I, you know, you know. Sauron did nothing wrong, kind of. Well, kind isn't of isn't and, this isn't this what Babylon Five initiates, and Galactica mm-hmm. pays off? I think so, but I think Galactica fumbles the ball in a lot of ways. Right, but but it's it's but, it's but trying to take this. You know, you start mm-hmm. with a very very clear perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, the Cylons are genocidal, maniacal machines, mm-hmm. and you're left at the as you proceed through with an ever more problematized, nuanced sense of what yes. the Cylons are and and the the incapacity of humans to rise above their pettiness. Mm-hmm. Right. This is in some respects what made the first five or six episodes of season four so unbearable was watching humans do what humans mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, can't you? Season four of Galactica. Galactica. Not of... Yeah, not of B5, okay. right? Yeah. Uh, just, uh, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was, and un, un, unbearable, not, not in the sense that it's bad television, that it's great television. It's just, get your yeah. act together, people. Right. Come on. Right? Um. Sheridan, uh, Sheridan jumping in a pit. Dead. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Fine. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're at the end of season three. Yeah. You know. Really. Yeah. Yeah. The you know, lurk, yeah the, Gandalf. Gandalf fell in a big hole too. Yeah. Yeah. Gandalf. Yeah. yeah come on. That's the definitive. Uh, that's the definitive uh, metaphor there, right? <laughs> definitive fall in a big hole. Yeah. 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 So what's Sheridan the White going to be like? You right. know, kind of becomes the question. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. And what does it even mean to, you know, if you go to Zahadum, you will die? Huh. And be resurrected? Metaphorical death? Huh. Yeah. I mean, Metaphorical death? Something, or, something's going to happen in there. You know, yeah. or is that just, you know, Kosh, you know, <laughs> you know, pulling up his, uh, you know, pulling up his skirts and saying, oh, you can't do that. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, kind of where, you know, what is that about? Right. Um. And, you know, we're left, you know, basically uh, with no Sheridan. Right. No Garibaldi. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they've, they've made manifest what you and I have been sort of complaining about all season. Where is he? <laughs> you know, well, what happened to him? I don't know. They, he didn't get any lines. Now he's not even here. It's like the back to season two. It's interesting that, right. that we, we thought the season two finale was like, meh. Mm-hmm. This is much more like oh. the ending of season one. Yeah, 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 yeah. This um, is this is one of the you know this is one of the classic season finales of of the nineties. Yeah, totally. Which which felt like felt like the era of of the big season finale. Yeah, you know, to me, um, yeah, it was it was your X Files. <clears throat> it was your uh, it was your Babylon Fives. Uh, you know, you move a, lot, a little into two thousands. You're Losts. Yeah, very much um, lost, right? Yeah. Like, what is, what? Mm. What is that? Yeah, that's what I love, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Give me more of that. It's it's your season two millennium. Yes. Holy Mary, mother of mm. God. What a what a dynamite episode that was. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've, uh, it's, uh, it's one of the things that makes Lucifer such a great program. Mm-hmm. They know how to end that show every mm-hmm. season. It's like, Damn, really? Yeah. Uh, we ended yeah, uh, season six of Arrow, which you know John and I have just finished watching. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my god, bring me seventh season right now. That was so <laughs> good. You know, wow. those are words that I haven't heard spoken about Arrow in seven years. Yeah, it was. Oh my god, Chris, it was so good. Don't make don't make me go back and start watching. Uh, no, this. I'm sorry. I, I wish uh. it wasn't so good, but season six was 
dynamite. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's I, like I, I uh, it's like Riverdale. Oh my god, yeah. I, we forgot that the show that it is most like, The Good Place. Every season of that yeah. show ends, and it's like, what have we just been watching? Now we're going to well, be in a totally new show. About every four or five episodes. Yeah, they do that, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, you know, uh, folks, if you if you like this episode because it's doing philosophy, mm. uh, I know The Good Place is a is a 30-minute sitcom, but Wowzers McTavish, is it yeah. ever a piece of philosophical work? Yeah. Yeah. Best, best depiction of the trolley problem I've ever seen. God bless America. Yes. Right? That was some that was some awesome work. Yeah. Um so we've got Sheridan the White. Yeah. Presumably we'll meet him at some point on the other end. Mm-hmm. Um We've got no White Star. We've got no, no Garibaldi. And we're off to season four. Yeah. Hard to believe. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been at this a long time. We have. And we we're and, and we're 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 two we're three fifths of the way through. Yeah, it's yeah, been great. No, we're, I, I'm enjoying it certainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and we're going to take you know there might be a week or two here. We don't know that we haven't pinned down the exact schedule, but we're going to do our season three wrap up episode. Yep. Soon. Yep. Uh, so take a look for that. Then we're going to take a couple of weeks off. You know, recharge the batteries. Um, although I I may go and start watching season four tonight. Right. <laughs> I just finished watching Zadum, and now I need to know what happened. That's right. Um, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but we'll be back probably late January, early February, sometime in that time range, um, to to start uh, start digging into season four. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We've got holidays to sort out, family stuff to do. Yeah. You know? And uh, yeah. y- you know, even even the most intrepid of podcasts take some time, and you yeah. know. We're we're sort of moderately intrepid, so mm. intrepish. We're we're full of four hundred Vulcans who all die screaming in the night. I am. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I'm full of tinier men. I'm full of tinier Vulcans. Yes. I'm full of tinier yeah. Vorlons. <laughs> I think and we're we gonna we're gonna sign, sign off. off now before yeah, this goes yeah. completely all right. haywire. <laughs> Thanks uh, for folks. hanging with us for the last fifty uh, some odd minutes, right. people. Uh, you know, uh, we've we've really enjoyed it, and we wouldn't we wouldn't be still plugging along uh, sixty seven or odd episodes later uh, if it weren't for you know knowing that you all are out there and the great conversations that people have on Facebook and everything. Yep. So, uh, you know, tell a friend, go back and download all the episodes again. You know, right. uh, to to during, listen to them again during our uh, during our off season. That's right. And uh, and leave comments, leave uh, reviews. Let us know what you think. Let us know if there's something that we could be doing better. Yep. And uh, and keep talking and, about the show. Yeah. Because we've got uh, you know we've got a, a passionate community uh, mm. who's really really into the show. They they call out its good stuff, yeah. and you know, like us, you'll call out shenanigans yeah. as well. And yeah. uh, you know, a show like this uh, rises and falls on the quality of its. You know of its fans and uh you know this show has great fans and we're delighted to be part of the conversation with you yeah so until next time all right cheers take care folks <laughs>